following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fapt, and here is your host, C.J. Newman. Hey, 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 you're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, with me, C.J. Newman. As mentioned in the last podcast, I have a guest today, guest co-host. His name is Tyler Forness. He is at the Real Forno on Twitter. So that's at T H E R E A L F O R N O. So and I'm also at the C J Newman. That's N E U M A N. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'll see if I can follow back if I can determine that you're a fan of the show. I'm probably gonna get a uh, actual show twitter going on but that'll be in the near future so if you're still listening to this podcast it's because you've you're either following us on anchor on google play music uh you're following us on stitcher any of those other ones we're still getting approved by the other ones to get on the air so thank you very much for being a follower and i still upload this to youtube as well so if you're still listening out there thank you we're gonna keep going this and let's try to uh, make believers out of everybody that listens to this podcast i really appreciate you guys so without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and bring in tyler forness minnesota vikings fan all right welcome back to the fap ladies and gentlemen uh my guest today i have a returning guest it's actually the real forno uh at the real forno on twitter uh his name is tyler forness minnesota vikings fan tyler how the hell are you you know what cj i'm doing pretty good glad to be back how are you doing today i'm doing fantastic man i got a little bit of a cold going on here or something i don't know maybe change of season allergies but uh it just snowed last night here in baltimore so it turned from snow to freezing rain it was about 32 last night what's the weather like there in minnesota i assume it's cold as always we're actually having a tropical heat wave uh we're sitting at about 35 degrees right now uh when last week it was in the teens all week hmm that's interesting that's well <laughs> we'll take it yeah no kidding um i'm i'll definitely take what i got here uh over that at the moment the teens wow jesus so um you looking forward to the schedule this weekend man yeah uh, uh unfortunately i'll be working for the first two slots of games but i'll be able to watch my vikings play the bears yeah and, you uh, got a sunday night game going on there two of them in a row i'll take it it's All right a, the slate of games isn't super sexy, but there's a lot of games that could be very interesting. I feel like some of these uh, shittier teams that are facing off are going to pr- produce some of the better games. I don't know if you remember this. A couple years ago, I want to say it was about 2014. It was the uh, it was a Thursday night game. It was the Browns versus the Bills back when both teams were really awful. And well, quite frankly, we've come full circle. They're both awful again. But um. That was actually a Ryan Hoyer towards ACL. Yes, that was the game, uh, same game, but it was actually a pretty damn good game. I was surprised that uh, both teams actually gave it their all, and it was actually a pretty decent game. And hell, there was one last year. I think it was a Monday night game. It was uh, San Fran versus the L.A. Rams, and that was double digit scoring like in the 40s and shit. So I thought that was a pretty good one, too. So you never know with shittier teams, but um, it Something could happen this weekend, but we got some pretty decent ones on the schedule here. So let's go ahead and run down the list. Um, we'll, I'll go ahead and get your uh, predictions and see if you got any fantasy matchups you we should keep an eye out for. We'll start off with the uh, the Cowboys at the Falcons. Uh, the Cowboys 
are not favored to win this weekend, believe it or not. It's the Falcons' favorite at home, not by much. The last time these two uh, teams have faced off, the last three times, actually, uh, the Falcons have won each of those times. Last time was 19-13. to 13. Um, I'm sorry, 27 to seven last year. And that was the game where uh, Claiborne, uh, I think his name's Claiborne, the pass rusher went ape shit on uh, the left tackle that was substituting in for Terrell. So, um, yeah, Green never stood a chance. Yeah, that was a, uh, it was one hell of a, a showing. I think he got four or five sacks out of that, but um, who do you got winning this weekend in that game? You know, uh, just when you take a look at both of these teams, the Dallas Cowboys have been really inconsistent. Uh, They've been, they've been kind of like win one, lose one, then they lost two in a row, and then they shocked everyone by winning at Philly with uh, just what looked like a really good game plan. They ran the ball. They stuck with it. They made throws when they had to. Because uh, what Jason Garrett's trying to do with the spread, it's not working. I concur. Um, but then the Falcons, they went into Cleveland, and they just threw up a dud. After uh, starting one and four, they fought their way back to 500, and then they just threw up a stink bomb. Um I think this is going to be a game that decides who has a shot at the playoffs and who doesn't, especially with the, the Packers losing last night. I think it, it's going to make the road just a little bit easier, uh, especially with the, what the Seahawks uh, have ahead of them. They have the Vikings and the Chiefs uh, moving forward. Now, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Uh, there is no Adrian Claiborne to take uh, Dak Prescott down. Tyron Smith is back healthy. And I think they finally figured it out how they're going to utilize uh, Zeke in that offense. Now, I'm going to go ahead and take a page out of one of our mentors' playbooks here and just uh, go ahead and call this a uh, Jekyll and Hyde team. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys have proven this year that they're able to beat some of the good teams, but they also lay some eggs against some of the shittier teams. So I don't understand what's going on this week. Uh, Maybe we're going to see the Jekyll. Maybe we're going to see the Hyde. You never know. And quite frankly, I don't know which one's better. But, uh... I think that the Dallas Cowboys defense is just a little bit better than the defense of the Atlanta Falcons. So they might be able to slow down Matt Ryan. And quite frankly, the Atlanta Falcons offense has not been that great since Shanahan has left. I'm not a big Sarkeesian fan. Are you? Um, see, I think Sarkeesian uh, gets a little too much of the blame. Obviously, the offense hasn't been quite the same. Mm-hmm. But if you watch their execution in the red zone, it's quite putrid. They yes. are trying to force the ball to Julio Jones, and that's a Matt Ryan thing. That's something that he has done throughout his entire career when he's been paired with Julio, and that's something that isn't easily fixed. When you watch the team, when they're firing on all cylinders, he's throwing to whoever the open guy is. Uh, and that's, like, we'll talk about him later, but that's one of the strengths of Kirk Cousins. He doesn't care who you are. He's going to throw to the open guy. And Matt Ryan needs to figure that out because that's the main reason, in my opinion, why their offense is struggling. Matt Ryan also misses somebody like of the likes of uh, Tony Gonzalez, to be quite frank. He misses the tight end in the end zone, and uh, he hasn't been the same since losing a pretty good tight end. I mean, he's got Hooper now, which isn't that great, in my opinion, but he's still something. And honestly, I think that Matt Ryan can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So um, if I had a gun to my head, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cowboys this weekend myself. It will be the first time in quite a while that they've beaten the Falcons. So I'll go ahead and I'll sit with you on this one and say that the uh, that Dak Prescott's going to figure it out and he's going to go. And uh, I wouldn't say wild. I'm not going to say, honestly, it's going to go above 20. I think it's going to be like a 1913 type of game, kind of like the one back in 2012. So um, look for a lot of field goals, in my opinion. Uh, 
what do you think for as far as a score? I, I'm thinking like a 20 to 17, uh, 24, 21. Like it, it's going to be a grinded out kind of game. Every point's going to matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not see these guys going for a shootout, especially with how good that Dallas defense has been playing. Uh, they've improved on the back end. They have a great pass rush. Jalen Smith has really come into his own. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a defensive standoff. You know, that would, uh, that, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, that's why I gave my score the one I did the 1913, because I think it's not going to be the Matt Ryan going into the uh, NFC South type style of offense and just going 40 to 20 or whatever. I think it's going to be more of a defensive struggle or defensive battle, I should say. Um, got a fantasy matchup for this one? I, I think I have one, but it's pretty obvious. Um, one guy I kind of look at is uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, obviously, they're going to put Byron Jones, Chad, and Julio all day. Uh, their linebackers are going to be able to run with Austin Hooper. Uh, Ridley is going to be able to work out of the slot a little bit. He's going to be able to work the seams. And he's he's going to be your typical boomer bust candidate. He mm-hmm. could be, have one of those games where he gets four catches, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, if you need a, uh, like a dart throw flex guy, he's your man. Understood. I was going to go running back out of this one, to be honest with you. I think uh, either of the running backs that they have going on there would be uh, good to go. Um, Devontae Freeman being on IR, you're going to get more of the uh, other two running backs. I think that either of those two, to be honest with you, would be a good setup for this weekend. But um, Hooper might also be a good one to consider. Um, Moving on, got a couple more games. Uh, in the one o'clock slot. So the next one on my list is the Buccaneers and the Giants. Uh, Buccaneers heavily favored in this one, and it's at the Giants. So uh, the last time these two teams faced off, it was a 25-23 victory in 2017. So that was just last year. It was October 1st. Um, the Let's see here. They are first in offense, it looks like. The Buccaneers are 24th in offense for the Giants, uh, 28th in defense for the Buccaneers, and 22nd in defense for the Giants. Who you got going in this one, man? Ooh, this is a, this this was a tough one, but I still think that the Giants are a bigger dumpster fire than the Buccaneers. Because honestly, this is like uh, watching uh, uh, Niners Raiders mm-hmm. weeks ago, and even uh, Giants Niners last week. This is the toilet bowl. Uh, two teams that are really going nowhere right now. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, they've been putting up huge numbers on offense, but it hasn't necessarily resulted in point totals or wins. Uh, just last week, they only scored three points against Washington. They would rack up over 500 yards. They can't finish. Fitzpatrick has some magic from time to time, but he's not a starting caliber quarterback. Jameis Winston is just uh, an immature baby when it comes to the position. And then on the other side, you have Eli, who can barely throw uh, better than the, uh, like a statue. So it's, I think it's, this is just going to be a really boring game to watch. The only way the Giants are going to muster any kind of offense is OBJ or Saquon Barkley just takes one to the house. Um, I'm going Buccaneers like 24 to 10. All right, I'm going to disagree with you slightly on this one. Not that it's not going to be a dumpster fire match. I think it is, but uh, I think it's going to be a Buccaneers offensive shootout, in my opinion. I think we're going to be looking at like a 30 to 
10, 30 to 15, maybe type of game, in my opinion. I think uh, Fitzpatrick is going to justify being talked about one more time as the starter. He's going to give that swag that he gave earlier this year. And uh, he always seems to do this. He, he finds a way to throw up big numbers and then he gets that big contract and then he shits the bed the next year. So, uh, I think that we have a little bit of a quote-unquote Fitz magic this weekend, and then we're probably never, ever going to see it again. That's just my opinion on that one. I'm going to go 30-10 Buccaneers. Um, the obvious pick for me is Fitzpatrick as far as the uh, matchup for fantasy. I would definitely put him up. Honestly, I'd put him up any week, to be honest with you, as far as uh, quarterbacks are concerned. If you're looking for a QB1, I'd say Fitzpatrick, whenever he's starting, um, he, you could... Uh, you could get the uh, Jekyll and Hyde syndrome again, though. You can get the Fitzpatrick that's throwing four interceptions, or you can get the one that's throwing four touchdowns. You, you never know what you're going to get. But uh, that's my opinion on that one. What do you think? Um, one guy I look at specifically in this matchup is O.J. Howard. Uh, O.J. Howard's had a really, really good season. Um, number five tight end fantasy football. Uh, guy's just uh, been on fire. He's got five touchdowns already. Um, and... The only guy that you're gonna have that's gonna be able to that's gonna try and uh, control him is Alec Ogletree. And Ogletree can't run with him. He's not athletic enough to be able to go high point the ball. Uh, I think OJ Howard could have a really big day against that Giants linebacking core. That's a good possibility. I didn't even think about that. So OJ Howard really has taken over for the uh, TE one spot over Cameron Brait, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Brait uh, had a really good last couple years, but you don't take O.J. Howard in the top 20 and not have him be tied at one. Yeah, I'm, nah, I, sometimes I, I wonder if the Ravens should have took him, but I'm kind of okay with uh, the Marlon Humphrey pick that we have right now at quarterback, or cornerback, I should say, not quarter. Um, but yeah, that that's actually a pretty decent matchup. I, I, I like that on paper, uh, O.J. Howard against that linebacking core. Honestly, O.J. Howard versus a corner, O.J. Howard versus a defensive lineman, O.J. Howard versus their water boy. I, I would take O.J. Howard over anybody on that defense right now. But uh, I, I could see that happen. That's a pretty good one. I'm, I'm still going to stick to my guns, though, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as far as the matchup on that one. It's They're both pretty good ones. So um, this next one has potential to be interesting, but is probably going to be a one-sided affair, just if I'm looking at it on paper correctly. It's the uh, Steelers at the Jaguars. So uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and start off this one and give me your opinions on this one. The uh, Just so you know, the last time these two faced off was in the playoffs. It was January 14th. It was 45-42. to 42. It was a one hell of an offensive shootout, and even Blake Bortles looked good that day. So uh, give me your thoughts on this one. Honestly, I think the Jaguars are pretty much done as far as the uh, playoffs are concerned. But they have Ben Roethlisberger's numbers. They know how to stop him. And it took a bunch of dimes last year in the playoffs in order to put up those 42 points. Some of the throws he was making to Antonio Brown were just ridiculous. And he did have a pick six in that game. And I think he threw one other interception as well in the regular season game. I still remember it because I, I started Roethlisberger over Watson and Roethlisberger got me two points, and Watson got me 38 that week. Wow. He threw five picks that game. Roethlisberger is historically good, and I think that Jalen Ramsey and those guys haven't figured out uh, they're going to be able to get to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He's just not as quick as he used to be. Even without uh, Dr. Bellin or Jason, they still haven't got play. Blair Campbell, Austin Jackson, 
our Solidarius is going to be able to heat up uh, space in the middle. Um, I think that they're going to get to him. I think it's going to be a very low scoring affair. But uh, the Jaguars take it like 24 to 9. It's that's pretty good. I like that uh, score. I'm gonna say that the uh, it's gonna be closer in my opinion. Uh, I think it's gonna be mm, 21-17. I think it's gonna be uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is gonna win this one uh, just because they're due. But it, the thing that it scares me about the Jaguars is they show up when they want to show up. I mean, take a look at their game against the uh, New England Patriots this season. That was one hell of a game, and the Jaguars gave it everything that they got just because they really wanted to beat that ass. So if they're motivated properly, then the Jaguars can come in and start beating some ass. But um, I don't, I'm not sure if they're motivated at this point. There's a lot of turmoil going on down in Jacksonville. I'm not sure who the cause of it is, if it's the coaches or the players or somebody, uh, uh, Tom Coughlin. But it's, something's going on down there. Something's in the water, and something just ain't right. So uh, as far as a fantasy matchup, uh, the obvious one's Big Ben, but I'm going to go with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in this one uh, just because I think he's he's better off with the matchup that he has. Um the name is escaping me for the uh, the, the CB2 on their team for the Jaguars. Um, starts with an A. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm liking that matchup. I think Antonio Brown's going to be covered like a blanket, in my opinion. One guy that I'm looking at in this uh, matchup is uh, James Conner. He's going to be going up against a really good defensive line. The Le'Veon Bell monkeys off of his back. Uh, it's time to put up or shut up. He's had a great season up to this point, but it almost felt like he was playing for his job, assuming that uh, Bell came back. Now Bell's not coming back. It's his job. It'll be interesting to see how he responds. And it is going to be an interesting one. Um, hopefully he doesn't get too complacent as far as fantasy is concerned, because I do have him starting in both of the leagues that I'm in this season. So I'm going to be really upset if he doesn't uh, perform well this weekend. And against the Jaguars, uh, their defense is not all that great. Let's see, the defense is ranked. Actually, it is pretty damn good. It's ranked third in the league, according to NFL.com league rankings. But um, they haven't been that great as far as rush defense lately. So... You never know what's going to happen. I think this weekend the Steelers are still going to pound it out, though, and they're going to squeak one by. But uh, you get the Jaguars, and that's not a bad pick either. Um, honestly, it could go either way. I think the, the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs, considering they're sitting at 3-6 and six right now. They basically have to run the table in order to win. But they are in a crappy division, it seems like. The Jaguars, uh, you, you never know. Um, speaking of that division, uh, the next two games are actually in the NFC South. I'm sorry, the AFC South. Uh, we've got the uh, Texans at the Redskins. Um, yes, I say Redskins on this because I don't give a fuck. Uh, both are sitting at 6-3 and three right now. The last time these two faced off was in 2014. The uh, Houston Texans won 17-6. I think they're both different now, uh, especially at the quarterback position. Back in 2014, you were looking at uh, probably Brian Hoyer or somebody silly like that. I can't remember who the quarterback was at the time for the Texans. But um, as far as the uh, defenses go, the Redskins are ranked 17th. The 
Texans are ranked ninth in the league. The offenses are middle of the pack, it looks like. 14th for the Texans and 26th for the Redskins. I'm going to go ahead and uh, go on a limb here and say that the Houston Texans are going to pull one out this weekend just because of uh, the better quarterback play, in my opinion. I mean, there's no offensive line in Houston, but we've got a guy in Deshaun Watson who could just make shit happen. He can he pull a rabbit out of his ass any day and just go wild when the Redskins. I think the uh, Redskins secondary won't know what hit it to be quite frank um and fantasy matchup deshaun watson it's and maybe the houston texans defense if i had to pick one of the two uh probably would be deshaun watson though uh go ahead and give me your opinion on this one. Oh, i think it's texans all the way i do not trust alex smith in that offense uh they're lucky to be six and three because the defense has stepped up really well but then when the offense hasn't showed up get uh like against the Saints where they were in the game early and then they just let it get away from them. Uh, I don't trust Alex Smith to win me a football game when I need it. They're without uh, Trent Williams, Brandon Scherf on that offensive line. Morgan Moses is out as well. So they're just going to be demolished by J.J. Watt, uh, Clowney, uh, Merciless. Uh, I think Watson's going to have a field day and this could be a breakout game for Demarius Thomas. He's had three weeks now to get immersed in the offense. Uh, it's the Earhart Perkins system that he ran his rookie year and his second year with uh, Josh McDaniels because McDaniels was the one who drafted him. Uh, I think that he's going to be immersed enough to make a huge impact and uh, we could see him getting a couple touchdowns, maybe 100 yards. I can see that happening. Demarius is uh, quite a wild card this weekend. He's what now, two weeks into the team, three weeks into the team? Yep. Uh, so the he got traded on the, at the deadline, which is right before Halloween. So this would be his third week with the team right now. Yeah, he should start producing if he's going to produce at all. It should be this week. He's got time to learn the playbook. He, they're going to incorporate him somehow. Um, not sure he's going to come in and just pull like an Amari Cooper and get a touchdown right on the first play. But we'll, we'll see what, what happens with that. It should be pretty interesting. So do you believe the uh, the prognosis as far as alex smith is concerned a lot of people over the years have just called him a game manager do you believe the same i think game manager is a little bit of a dirty word uh game manager uh basically says you can't do anything really well but you don't suck uh i think alex smith is a very intelligent quarterback he's accurate he he doesn't take huge risks and therefore make big mistakes but if you need him to go out and win you a football game at the end, he's not the guy to do that. He's not going to uh, ever force a, a ball into tight coverage when you need a big play. He's, that, he's got the nickname Check Down Charlie for a reason. He likes to dump the ball off, which in the West Coast system works really well. But in today's day and age, if you're not willing to push the ball down the field, that's a problem. Yeah, I think the uh, best years of his life were when he was actually being challenged. Back when Colin Kaepernick was drafted, uh, he started to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. He became more of the bombs away Bobby, as Chris Sims likes to say. But um, also last year when he had Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench breathing down his neck, he had some pretty good yardage too. And I, quite frankly, some of those situations, I wanted to pick up Alex Smith as my backup quarterback. But for the most part, he's definitely a disciple of the West Coast offense. He's It's either check down or touchdown when it comes to... Uh, Alex Smith, and most of the time, 95% of the time, it's going to be checked down. 100%. So I think we're both in agreement here. We got the uh, Texans over the Redskins. 
Um, you've got the Jaguars over the Steelers. I've got the Steelers over the Jaguars. We both got the Buccaneers over the Giants. Um, then we both got the Cowboys over the Falcons. Let's go ahead and talk about the uh, next one on my list here. Um, we got the Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Oh boy, you want to talk about turd games. It's supposed to snow there as well, but they're in a dome, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it's supposed to be a low of 25 degrees there, so traveling in and out should be interesting, but nonetheless, they're in a dome, so it's going to be 70 degrees inside of that dome. Uh, the last time these two faced off was in 2017. It was a 20-16 to 16 game, and the Titans won. And to be quite frank with you, I think uh, Titans are going to win this one again this week. Um I, I probably couldn't give you a score on this one. I just think it's going to suck, and I don't care. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. You know, I, I'm on the other side of the coin. I'm actually really excited about uh, watching the Colts and the Titans. Really? Uh, what Chris What Chris Ballard is doing in Indianapolis, uh, rebuilding that team, uh, trading down with the Jets, and still getting his guy in Quentin Nelson. Not a sexy pick, but good Lord, if you saw him last week run over a Jaguars defender... It just looked like he was a mountain man trying to kill bears. Just beautiful. <laughs> Very uh, good analogy. It's like uh, Tyquan Smith is now off of a uh, injured reserve. He's going to play this week. Darius Leonard's having a possible rookie of the year campaign after people laughed at his selection in the second round. Andrew Luck looks almost a hundred percent. He's he doesn't have the greatest weapons. Marlon Mack back healthy makes a big difference. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's still playing well, and then a renaissance of Eric Ebron. Uh, uh, just uh, proof that the Lions are a giant dumpster fire and that the Titans are your ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team they'll uh, they'll lose and then they'll just put a whooping on the Patriots yeah I mean there's really know what we don't know what to expect from them they uh, they look like a playoff caliber team a team that can make some real noise in the playoffs and then they'll look like a 5 and 11 team the next week uh, just moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how they progress. But I think the Colts win this one in like a thirty-one to twenty-seven type of matchup. You know what? You've you've convinced me. Uh, Titans might be a Jekyll and Hyde team. That kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Titans on this one, but you never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a box of chocolates here. So the Titans could go one week from getting shut out twenty-one to zero by the Baltimore Ravens, cough cough, <laughs> and then uh, going out and just beating that ass with the New England Patriots. You never know. Yeah, but they are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. I, if they showed any kind of consistency, I could trust them, but they haven't, so I can't. I think uh, uh, going with the Colts on this one, as far as uh, fantasy matchup, I'd I'd say Andrew Luck. What, what are you thinking? Hmm. You know, I think teams are going to really start focusing on Eric Ebron moving forward, just because he he just keeps torching teams. I think we're going to see instances where he's not going against linebackers, but he's going against corners and safeties, kind of like Gronk. I mean, he's not Gronk. Don't get me wrong, but he is doing enough damage where they're going to kind of start treating him in a similar fashion. I'd look at Jack Doyle to finally have a breakout because he's tight end one in that offense, and he's been hurt most of the year. Andrew Luck loves his tight ends, so I'd look for him to have a good game. All right, talk to me about... uh... Dumpster fires here, man. Uh, you were talking about the Lions. They got the Panthers. What's uh, what's your score? What's your prediction? What's your fantasy matchup? Well, um, I'll make it short and sweet. The Lions are a dumpster fire, and I hate Cam Newton. I take the Panthers. 
Damn, you, you sound like me with the Titans and the Colts. You just don't give a shit. It's it's awesome. I mean, if you would have, I was at the Vikings Lions game. It was a dumpster fire. Stafford got sacked ten times. I'm still mad at Cam Newton for getting kicked out of the University of Florida. He was supposed to be Tebow 2.0. So naturally, I still hate him because I can't get over it. And the Panthers are just a better team. Uh, the Lions might be able to give him a game because they're not like the Panthers just got embarrassed on Thursday Night Football. But I think the Panthers went pretty easy. All right, that's interesting. And I'm also interested in the fact that it's a one o'clock game for these two teams that are uh, in the NFC and one in the NFC South and one in the NFC West. I thought this would have been a four o'clock game, but oof, oh man, um, oof. I, can there be a tie? Uh, I, I I don't give a shit about this game. Um, let's let's go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Panthers on this one, pretty handily. You got a yeah. choo choo train going on there in the background. <laughs> no, I do not. All right, I know you got to wrap things up. So uh, <laughs> I know you got to wrap things up here soon. So I'm gonna try to rapid fire through the rest of these. Uh, the, there's one more one o'clock game. It's the uh, Ravens versus the Bengals. Uh, who you got, and what's your fantasy matchup? Um, I know. This, I know the uh, Ravens are your boys. Uh, I don't trust the Bengals. They look like a dumpster fire right now. They mm-hmm. they are probably the worst five and four team I've seen in a long time. Uh, one interesting thing with the Ravens, uh, Joe Flacco is probably not going to play. RG three is probably going to get the start, which I'm very excited for. And if John Harbaugh is smart, he's going to play both of them about thirty plays and just do all kinds of crazy things to confuse that terrible defense. Yeah, um, I think Lamar's going to get the start this weekend. I think he's going to be in for the most part, and we're definitely going to see RG3 at least dressed. Um, I'm not sure if he's actually going to play, but uh, we drafted this kid for a reason. But uh, to be quite frank with you, um, I don't have faith in the the Ravens' defense at this point, and we have a rookie quarterback coming on the field. I think the Bengals are going to win this one, in my opinion. And I think to look at the... uh, the, the running back game for the Cincinnati Bengals as the fantasy of the week for them. Oh, absolutely. I think Joe Mixon's going to be able to have a field day, especially when uh, A.J. Green's still going to be out. He's going to get a lot of catches, huge PPR play, and there's a good chance he's going to be able to run for 100 yards and a touchdown. Andy Dalton does seem to be like another West Coast disciple, in my opinion. He seems to be uh, checking down quite a bit, too. He doesn't bombs away very often unless A.J. Green's out there to 50-50 it. It's true. So uh, that's the last one o'clock game. Let's go into the four o'clock. There's three of them this week. We got the Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, they're hosting in L.A. at the StubHub Center. So you're going to see probably about 30,000 orange and uh, blue fans out there probably because there's no real fans in L.A. Um, going to go ahead and go with the Chargers on this one handedly. I'm going to say probably 31, maybe 10, 31 to 10. Uh, the matchup to look at this one is, uh, in my opinion, going to be the Chargers defense. Uh, if I had to pick a defense this week, it would probably be them. I think Joey Bosa's coming back this week, so that ought to be interesting getting all up in their faces. And with the combination of those two defensive ends, I think Ingram's the other one. Uh, should be really interesting. Um, go ahead and give me your thoughts. I think this is a trap game for the Chargers. They're flying high Ooh. right now. They're playing some really good football. It's a division game, and like you said, Stuff Up Center is going to be packed with Broncos fans. Uh, when you look at all those factors, Vance Joseph is fighting for his life right now. Uh, John Elway almost pulled the plug last year, and after 3-6, and six, I'm really surprised he hasn't pulled the plug yet. But he may not want to do an in-season coaching change again because he already dealing with Josh McDaniels. Uh, 
I would be uh, worried about the Broncos here. Vice uh, Freeman's going to be playing. They're going to they're try and run the ball. Keenum doesn't make mistakes. This is going to be a really close game. Still taking the Chargers, but don't be surprised if we see an upset. Uh, so you're thinking it's going to be closer, like uh, by a field goal, by a touchdown? What are you thinking? I'd, I'd probably say uh, within six points. Eh, okay, all right. I can I could probably get on board with that. Um, but I, I I still personally think Philip Rivers has got another one in the uh, in in the mallet here. He's gonna just whip some ass, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, I could see your side of the fence too. Four oh five Raiders at Cardinals. I'm falling asleep thinking about this one. Talk me out of it. Tell me why I shouldn't fall asleep for a Raiders or Cardinals. Uh, the Raiders' defense is so bad, we may actually get to see Josh Rosen play some good football. Holy and shit. that's exciting. Yeah. David Johnson had kind of a, a breakthrough week last week as far as fantasy is concerned. Uh, he's kind of been in the dumpster all year. Uh, I want to see some Josh Rosen football, and this is probably going to be the best opportunity to see him play really well because of how poor that Cardinals team is. Uh, that'd be the only reason to watch this game, in my opinion. That's a good point. Uh, Derek Carr isn't really going to be doing too much, in my opinion. That offensive line isn't holding up. The best thing they got is Coleccio Simile going on, and they, quite frankly, it looks like he's giving a shit less about what's going on in the environment. Um, it's really hard to find a good pass rusher. Tyler, I'm not sure if you know this. Uh, I don't even know if they have a pass rusher on the team. They traded Mack, they cut Bruce Irvin, and they cut Coney Ely. Who is going to be rushing the passer? Must be a Gruden's sister or something. Man, Coney Ely, you hear that name a lot in recent years. The, the thing he's known for was the being in the Super Bowl a couple years ago for the Carolina Panthers and getting some sacks on uh, Peyton Manning. But ever since then, he's just fallen off. Had the Panthers have won that, he would have been the MVP, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The three sacks, he was just a monster. But uh, the biggest issue with him is uh, technique. He plays two up and down. He's It's easy to block him. He doesn't have a great bull rush. I mean, the guy was a second-round pick, and the uh, uh, Patriots traded a second-round pick for him but realized he was trash and cut him right away. Yeah, I remember when that happened. Realizing the mistakes. Oh, boy. So um, I'm going to go with the uh, Cardinals in this one. I'm not going to say handily. I'm going to say probably going to be a boring one of a uh, 16-10. Um, what, what do you think as far as score? you think within a touchdown? It wouldn't surprise me if this was a handy uh, – uh, game that the Cardinals win handily. I mean, the Niners won handily, thirty-four to three. Um, I, I'd probably say twenty to six. Cardinals. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, okay, I, I can get on board with that once again. All right, four twenty-five. Eagles at Saints. I uh, personally have the Saints beaten dead ass and getting it all up in there and keeping that number one spot. Uh, getting the revenge that they d- weren't able to get last year, the Saints, in uh, the case of being able to play in the playoffs against the Eagles, being screwed out of uh, getting into the playoff contention in the the NFC Championship by one fluky play that involved my boy from Maryland, Stefan Diggs. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Drew Brees is the man of the hour, and he's going to probably beat that ass uh, 31-9. to nine. I'm going to give the Eagles a little bit more credit than that. Uh, they are a good football team. They are the defending Super Bowl champions, but they're not in the Saints caliber. Last year, everything fell into place for them. Um, and I'm still going Saints probably like a 34-20, but I'm going to give the Eagles a little bit more credit and fight than that. But if they lose this game and Washington wins, I think they're done. Ooh, that would be really interesting. 
and it would be another one of those situations where the Super Bowl winner isn't able to make it back to the playoffs in the next year. So, all right, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. This is the game you, we came here for. Go ahead and tell me how you feeling about your Sunday night game, Vikings at Bears. I'm nervous as hell. This is a really good Bears team. Uh, they've done a really good job rebuilding that roster, putting the right guys in place. Uh, they probably uh, overpaid a little bit for Khalil Mack on a general scale, two first-round picks, uh, swapping uh, two others, and then giving him $23 million. But the guys made a massive difference on that team. Uh, Trubisky has an issue throwing left, which you should look into. It's very interesting. So, but, wait, he's kind of like a zoo later. He just can't turn or throw left? Uh, he throws left sometimes, but he almost exclusively throws right. And at, I'm going to start calling that motherfucker Blue Steel then. There you go. Uh, it's It's interesting to watch him because... He has had some really good throws. Most of his throws are are pretty simple or schemed open. Uh, the Vikings are going to throw a lot of different things at him, especially with uh, Everson Griffin uh, now back, and he's back to full strength. Daniel Hunter, uh, Barr is looking like he's going to play. Rhodes is going to play. Vikings are going to be at full strength, and they figured it out after really struggling the first few games of the season. And... I think this is going to be a barn burner. The Vikings have had some really, really fluky things go wrong for them in Soldier Field over the past 15 years. Uh, I think the Vikings win by three, and I'm not confident in that at all. This is going to be a really, really good football game to watch. I actually concur with you. I think um, it could go either way, and quite frankly, I'm going to go ahead with a coin toss on this one. I'm not sure who's going to win this one, but I got a feeling that whoever wins this one is not going to win the next one. They they haven't faced each other twice yet, right? Nope. uh, They faced each other week 17 in uh, Minneapolis. That could very well be for the division. Oh, I think it will be. So um, the, those are two games I'm actually looking forward to. I can't wait. I'm going to go ahead and um, give the edge to the Vikings this week just because of uh, the veteran quarterback play. I think Kirk Cousins can get it done with the offense over uh, Mitch Trubisky with his offense. Uh, don't get me wrong. Mitch is doing much better than I thought he was going to do. I, quite frankly, thought he was going to be a bust. But uh, he's not doing terrible, and Matt Nagy has been training him up pretty well. Um, fantasy matchup? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm ooh, I'm going to go with Trey Burton. Uh, Vikings struggle against tight ends, and Trey Burton has had flashes of elite tight end play this season. Uh, Anthony Barr is going to need to be on his uh, A game in order to be able to take him down, but Burton's pretty fast. That'll be a fun one to watch. What the hell's the name of that second-string uh, halfback that they have in uh, Chicago? Cohen? Tariq Cohen, the human joystick. I'm going with him. I think that he's got a, a hell of a chance to get some uh, PPR going. Uh, Mitch Trubisky likes the kid, so he's going to get some balls. Um, last game, and then I know you got to get going here. I'm sorry for holding you up here. But um, 
the Monday night game is Chiefs and Rams. I think that's going to be the game of the week, if not the Vikings and Bears. It's going to be actually played in L.A. It's not going to be in Mexico. The last time these two faced off against each other was in 2016. It was a 21-20 game. Kansas City Chiefs lost that one, but they're much different teams than they are now. I'm going to go ahead and give the... Uh, there's no home field advantage, in my opinion. It's just like the other L.A. team. So there's no advantage as far as that's concerned. I'm uh, going to go ahead and say that the Chiefs are going to win this one in my opinion um you may differ with that but quite frankly it's a coin toss at this point these both have uh they're both nine and one they both have great offenses but i feel like the offensive power is on the kansas city Chiefs side and if i'm looking for a, a, a fantasy matchup i'm going to say it's going to be uh Tariq hill you know I, i'm going to differ with you cj mainly because i invited uh, rams just have a it, they uh rams have better defense marcus peters after being torched by michael thomas there's a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. This is a team that pretty much dumped him. Uh, guy's going to get paid. He's going to make a lot of money. And they could have gotten way more for him, but they wanted him gone. And he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He knows how, how this offense works. He's going to be able to uh, – I think he's just going to have a game of the year. And I'm not sold that much on Tyree Kill. The guy's got dynamite speed, but he really hasn't shown me anything else. Um if you can control the speed and have a guy over the top, I think he's easily stopped. Uh, it's This game's going to come down to uh, Gurley versus Kareem Hunt and who's better on the ground. Because if you're both these offenses, both these teams, you want to slow the game down as much as possible to prevent the other team. And I think the Rams are better at that. You know, that's not a bad thought. And who do you think is actually going to be uh, covering as far as corner over uh, Tariq Hill? Who do you think they're going to place on him? You got Akeem Tlaib or you got uh, Marcus Peters? Oh, it's going to be Peters. Tlaib is on IR and he's not eligible to come back for another few weeks. Oh, I thought he was already back. Damn, I'm I'm wrong. And I'm not even sure who the uh, third string corner is. So, yeah, it's going to be Peters. Um, That should be an interesting matchup. But if if he can get his speed going, like you said, then uh, you got a guy who could take advantage of throwing the ball really far down the field in Patrick Mahomes. So if if he can get around him and get the nine route going, then it's all over. But let's see if he can. uh, Let's see if they can keep him in check. Uh, This is uh, I intentionally asked for the day off specifically so I could watch this game. I'm really excited. I would watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, That sounds like a, a hell of a time. Honestly, this is going to be a great game. I, this is going to be the first Monday night game that I've actually been looking forward to, to be honest with you. I don't know the last time I've actually said, man, I'm looking forward to Monday night football. That's a fair point. Monday night football's kind of been trash most of the year. I don't. I think they ran into this by accident, too. I don't think they ever purposely gave them this game. Poor ESPN is getting the shitter end of the stick. But um, mm-hmm. this one's a really good one. But uh, yeah, as far as fantasy matchup, I do have Tory Kill. Who do you got? Um, Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's going to go against that uh, number two uh, corner, Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, mm. Coleman is not much of an outside corner, but he's really good in the slot. Okay. And with all the focus that they're going to put on Tyree Kill, it's going to be up to Watkins to kind of pick up the slack. It's not a bad thought. Not a bad thought. You also have the weaponry on... Uh, I really like the weaponry in KC. So you got uh, Kelsey there too. You got um, Kareem Hunt in the running backfield. Somebody's getting the ball, and somebody's getting the ball a lot as far as Kansas City's concerned. 
So the same could be said for the L.A. Uh, Rams as far as their offense is concerned. It really could be a good game. I, I hope it's a high-scoring affair because I think both of the dump, uh, teams have dumpster-fired defenses. I, you say that it's a good defense in L.A., but I've seen 30-point games hung up on this team. So I'm not sure if the scheme's bad, but I think the talent's good, but I think something's going on there. I don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, they are 13th in defense, and if you look at it more in depth, one, the first game that they allowed 31 points was against the Vikings, and that was a Thursday game. So with any team, obviously there's going to be holes, uh, and it's not going to be the whole uh, situation. But when you come against a really good team on a short week, I kind of use that as the outlier. The Saints are just a dynamite team. The Rams kind of stabbed themselves in the foot a little bit uh, with some plays, and that they got 45 hung up on them. Other than that, They've been pretty solid uh, overall. Yeah, it takes a uh, it takes a good quarterback to bring it out of that defense, though. So we got a good quarterback coming in. You never know. I'm you're going Rams. Yes, I am. All right, I'm going Chiefs, and I got a, a bucket of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings boneless wings on it. Sounds good to me. And by the way, if you're listening, guys, sponsor my podcast. Sponsor me, Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll talk to my boss and see what I can do. <laughs> that would be great, man. All right, look, I know you got things that you need to get to, so I'm going to go ahead and disconnect from you. But uh, you enjoy the weekend, man. Some of these are going to be barn burners and some of these are going to be dumpster fires. But uh hope to talk to you soon, and I hope you enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks a lot, CJ. Appreciate you having me on. All right, it's always a pleasure. and hope to have you again soon. Have a good one, man. That was Tyler Forness at The Real Forno. He is a great follower on Twitter if you want to uh, take a look at him sometime. His interests include football with the Minnesota Vikings, and he's also a big-time uh, professional wrestling fan, big into uh, WWE, but more importantly, he likes NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's big into that. Big follower of the wrestling community, big follower of the football community. Just uh, give him a follow, though, on Twitter, and also give me a follow on Twitter if you can. My uh, username is at the CJ Newman, N-E-U-M-A-N. Look forward to talking to you guys in the future with a future podcast. Let's see how the uh, teams do this weekend. I got a feeling that I'm going to be more right than Tyler Fornes is as far as predictions are concerned. But, hey, I could be wrong. Looking forward to having Tyler on again with the podcast, and I'm hoping that uh, he'll be able to come on again. I'm going to see if I can get Recliner QB to come back and at Chef Chad Wells, and we'll get some new guys in here too. If you guys are interested in being on the show and you just want to come on uh, shoot the shit with me, feel free. Give me a uh, shout on at the CJ Newman or give me on Facebook if you're friends with me. So until then, I'm CJ. This has been The Fap, and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon.